Hey everybody, this is Chris Morgan from Halloween Unleashed and I'm back to tell you a little something about Built Bar. Now, Built Bar is a protein bar that is for you and me. Now, if you're anything like me and you've tried every protein bar on the planet and it tastes like, ugh, just nasty, well, go over to BuiltBar.com and get yourself 10% off this special order. It actually tastes like a candy bar. It's only got about three grams of sugar. On average, it's got 180 calories and 20 grams of protein. Not only that, they have amazing flavors. They're releasing new flavors all the time and they're coming out with the blueberry lemon. Now, I just tried that not too long ago and if you like blueberries and you like lemon, that is amazing. It, it is 100% real chocolate. 100% real fruit, and if you're like me and have gluten allergies, guess what? It's gluten-free. Get yourself 10% off your order of $20 or more by heading over to BuiltBar.com. You will, you will thank me later. All right, everybody. We are back talking about your ball sack. That's right. We are talking about your ball sack and... Do you want to always stay in place, be independent, and have roomy space and stay dry with no rubbing? Well, then you need to look into Separatech. Separatech, that's S-E-P-A-R-A-T-E-C.com. Separatech.com. Now, what is Separatech? Separatech is underwear that are designed with patent dual pouch technology. What that means is you're going to keep your balls and your love in place. Pretty much when you wear general underwear, you're getting you're constantly adjusting the boys, you're nested in constraint, and you get sticky and itchy. How many times have you been in traffic and you haven't been able to reach down there and adjust the boys when they have slid down into the nether regions? Well, there's no more of that, no no more risk of getting into a car accident trying to adjust your nuts. Now you can get Separatech dual pouch technology, it's patented, and they're giving 10% off for Father's Day. If you go to Separatech.com and enter in your email address, they will instantly give you 10% off to try it. And if you don't like it, you can return it with no questions asked. The way I always look at Separatech is it's a glove for your love. So go ahead, go to Separatech.com and get that glove for your love. Welcome to the Halloween Unleashed Podcast. And now, here are your hosts for the week. Everyone, welcome to Halloween Unleashed. I am your host, Chris Morgan, and we are back the mid-season premiere, and I'm back once again with my co-host Aaron Bass. Aaron, it's been a little while. How's everything been? Uh, it's been all right, man. It's been all right. I hope everything's going all right with you too. I am coming to you live this evening beyond lockdown. How about it? Florida is actually at phase two, 50%. How about it? Never thought we'd get there a few months ago, right? Yeah, I still think that we have a long way to go because there's still cases, but... Um it is what it is. It's going to be what it's going to be. And that's, I've just learned to accept it, you know, and just say, as long as I'm protecting my family and protecting, uh, my, my dad from, uh, getting exposed and just, 
keeping my distance from people. I mean, I don't like very, very many people anyway, so staying away from people is not hard. <laughs> so yeah, I never had a problem with the social distance. <laughs> I really did. <laughs> I'm happier when I'm inside the inside my four walls, man. It's just how it's just how I've always been. Um, I'm well, always happiest in my garage or workshop, man. That's just me. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, man. Um, I just want to recap a little bit. Uh, you weren't on episodes five and six of Marion Hagen's episodes. Uh, the last time we had you on was for episode four. Um, it was just easier for those last two weeks with everything that we had going on just to go ahead and let me just record a quick intro and then just get to the main event because we were trying to end it, end it on part six. And what did you think of it? I loved every second of it, but I also thought it was very bittersweet because, you know, as you echoed in the previous episode, you know, uh, listening to Marianne talk is something that you could just sit back and, and do for hours. You know, she's got a delightful voice. Uh, she's a great storyteller and, you know, hearing her, 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 uh, you know, behind the scenes perspective on everything that happened with, uh, with H six was just, you know, uh, it was just, it was a fan's delight. And, uh, I want to thank, take the opportunity to thank you again for the opportunity to sit in and, uh, and be part of the, be part of history there because, uh, you know, it's even, and even with tonight, you know, with Sandy Johnson, you know, thank you for the opportunity brother, because, uh, you know, in a way it's, it's fulfilling a part of a, you know, a childhood fantasy that you, that you never thought would, you know, come to fruition. You know, you can dream about it, but you know, Never thought it'd ever come to be, but yet here we are. And, you know, there it was with Marianne and now tonight with part one of Sandy Johnson. And I mean, I just, I couldn't be more honored and uh, appreciative for the opportunity. Well, I want to go ahead and just uh, throw this out there for, um, uh, you're, you're absolutely welcome. Let me start there. Um, you know, how this is going to work is, uh, you know, Sandy's episodes part one part two today we're going to get into the beginning part of it and of course next week we're going to be wrapping up her her episodes and then on uh, June 28th we're going to be doing a live uh, unleashed live episode with Marianne um, so everybody yeah can talk. I can't wait so you're you're invited to co-host that one too by the way so I can't wait I'm already blushing right now at the very thought so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do uh, we're probably gonna try to hold her around an hour, and if she wants to stay a little longer, she can. If she wants to bolt out, but uh, we're gonna try to get some audience questions in there, and maybe we can, you know, pick her brain a little further on certain things. I'm sure there's some things that you want to ask her beyond the episodes that that we got to cover, and uh, because it's while we did cover a lot of ground, you know, you still can't cover everything. So. What's in my head and what's in my research may not be what's in other people's research, and that's why we're going to have this. And then July third, are you are, are you ready for this? The day before Fourth of July, can I I cannot believe this is real, but Halloween eight actually won on a poll for the first time probably in forever, as we're gonna <laughs> as you and I are going to cover the Mofuga mask. <laughs> Oh, man, I'm looking forward to that, man. I really am. You know, if nothing else, just from the, the, you know, the comedic side of it. I mean, I just, yes, I was, you know, I put in my, uh, I put in my vote for the JTK. You know, I'm partial, you know, very, very partial to the JTK for my own personal reasons. 
but I couldn't have been happier to see the Mofugga went out. <laughs> and I, I just, I couldn't help but just like crack a Cheshire cat smile from ear to ear when I, when I saw that the Mofugga went out and it's like, okay, you know what? We, we're ready for this. Let's do this. Well, you're going to get a chance to drill me pretty good, so start doing your research and pack a lunch because it's going to be an all-day job. Um, no, I'm going to love it. But uh, the following week, uh, speaking of the JTK, it came in second place. We're going to cover that on the July 10th episode. Um, so the JTK will be on July 10th, and then on July 17th will be the H207 mask that we're going to cover. So coming in July will be three mask-related episodes. And there's there's been a few people that's messaged me that has said, hey, man, when are you guys going to start covering – Halloween kills, you know, October is only three to four months away. When are you guys going to start covering that? And well, here's the thing. Have you seen a trailer yet? Cause I haven't. I've seen a lot of like uh screen rant, you know, rumor articles and things of but that nature concrete. from like secret screenings and things of that nature. But I haven't seen a trailer number one, and I haven't heard any confirmed rumors. Number two, so, I mean, yeah, we can dabble in speculation all day, but, I mean, I'd much rather, you know, get to the guts and glory and, you know, and talk about what we know, what we can anticipate. Well, it's much like opinions, man. It's like, you know, I, you know, you can, you can dabble in an opinion debate all day long, but, you know, you're both right or both wrong. Depends on what side of the argument you on. But I would much rather deal in facts. So that's what we do exactly. on this podcast is we deal in facts. And until more facts and more concrete stuff starts, starts to come out about Halloween kills, it's just not really on the docket. You know, it's not that we don't want to cover it. It's just there's nothing really to cover and to be honest with you I'm, I'm really shocked with how much behind the scenes and things that we knew that was going on with the halloween 2018 film how lackluster this has been from a marketing standpoint because by by june 8th we had had we had already had a trailer for the for that film so it was it was pretty crazy how here we are june 10th as we're recording this and there's no sense of when a when a trailer is going to drop or anything well part of that you know i'm sure has to do with the current state of affairs with them having to do you know post-production from you know basements and everyone's personal households and social distancing and all that good stuff uh the other part of it which i believe probably plays a bigger role than what we you know uh, realize is they already know from the box office success of 2018 that the base is there and you know, they're just, you know, that the, the base is there and they're, and they're craving, you know, the, uh, the next installment. So they're probably not too worried about, you know, as they were with the first one, like, Hey, this is our, you know, basically, you know, putting our, our, our foot in the water and, you know, trying to get a response and, you know, start building a base for 2018, you know, in June, 2018, before the film was released, you know, they already know what the response was from 2018. The base is there. The base has been formed, solidified. So, you know, and Hey, you know, I'm hoping for a good film. I'm hoping that, you know, the hype is real. Uh, I don't want to be let down as a fan, 
let them take all the time they need to. If it means that we're all going to end up being able to walk out of that theater or walk away from that streaming service, however it is, we end up seeing it uh, as satisfied fans. I'm all for it. I, I definitely get your sentiment. Um, but you know, the, the, the one thing that I have noticed, you know, about just doing this podcast and doing the HMMAT podcast in the past, that is, I mean, and I'm not, Please, people out there that are listening to this, don't think that I'm putting myself on the same level as a multi-million dollar movie studio. I'm not. You know, I'm nowhere close. But from a marketing perspective, the way the way this world works is you got to be constantly feeding information and for people to stay in touch with what's going on. So yes, I understand that from a Halloween perspective, a Halloween fan perspective. They've got their base, but to the general audience that is outside of the Halloween bubble, they've got to still bring those people back that maybe watched it in the theaters and said that was a fun popcorn flick or I hated it or whatever it is, whatever the opinion was, they've got to work on bringing those people back. And the only way that they were able to have the success that they did on the first one, or I keep saying the first one and it's not the first one, the last installment was consistently feeding through Facebook ads, through these little clips and things that they were putting out and just pushing and then just marketing to moviegoers worldwide to get that mainstream audience. And that is the one thing that I think that when I say that I'm surprised that we haven't seen that because from a business level, um, if you want to look at it from a business perspective – they're already behind the eight ball as far as like timing goes. Cause you need a good four to six months to really get there. And we're, we're with inside that we're inside that window right now. Yeah. And you know, with that in mind, uh, there's also, I mean, there's the projected release date, but there's been no absolute confirmation that the release date is set in stone. So maybe that also is a factor in, or a determining factor in, in, in where we're at right now. But, you I'll know, just, at the same – go ahead. I'll just, I'll just say silence invites speculation. Well, you know what? Uh, in that silence that invokes speculation, guess what? That speculation also means that you're talking about it. So guess what? You've still got it on everybody's minds. So, you know, maybe it's reverse psychology and maybe that's what they're playing for right now. Like I said, they already know they've got the base. However, you and I are are inside that bubble. We're looking for that information. The mainstream moviegoer who's had to deal with a pandemic and everything else going going on in the world, they're not thinking about Halloween. So you've got to reach that person. You know, uh, those of us inside the Halloween bubble, we're going to get it. We're there no matter what. Um, look, as much as I dislike the last installment, I'm ready to see the next one just to see what they come up with. So it's like, you've got me, even though I wasn't a fan of your, of your last meal that you served me. Uh, well, it could have been better. There were definitely things that, you know, could have been, uh, more, uh, you know, appropriately done and, uh, you know, directions taken, but, you know, just to reference, you know, the small leaking of, of, you know, rumors and info, you know, just this past week, it's been dropped that from those uh, secret screenings 
that somehow they've managed to work uh, Dr. Loomis back into a original 78 flashback. You know, that's, again, that's a rumor, but that's a pretty damn big rumor. And if it ends up being true, I mean, that just, you know, for lack of a better phrase, that just makes me all tingly in my pants, man. And I damn sure hope for it. I want to see him do it. I want to see him do it successfully. I want to see him do it as successfully as they did the voiceover for Dr. Loomis in 2018. I mean, if they can match the performance uh, with the, you know, with the voiceover they did from 2018 with the flashback, that's hopefully going to, you know, come to, you know, come to fruition with the, uh, with Halloween kills. And, oh man, I can't wait. And I mean, yeah, I mean, let them take all the time they need if it means it's going to end up being a better film. You know, I'm, I'm there. And you know what? Everybody else that's in sitting back there, you know, uh, pandemic-wise, you know, hey, it's they're not going to take too much prodding if they're, you know, just, you know, shortly coming out of of, uh, of lockdown. And hey, there's a brand new uh, another ho- another Halloween film offering that everybody's, you know, raving about. You know, just like with the original, you know, in 78, you know, it gradually built. It was a word of mouth type deal. And that's what ultimately brought its biggest success was, hey, you know, people came home and they told their friends and their families about it. And that's what got other people out to go see it. And that's ultimately what brought it, uh, you know, the amount of success that it enjoyed. So, hey, if it turns out being that way, um, you know, I'm all for it. Well, you know, famous last words, we'll see. <laughs> yes, absolutely. We will see. Hopefully, we will see something that we all want to see, but yes, we will see. All right. Well, um, what we're going to play today is we're going to play um, the first part of Sandy's interview and Sandy Johnson, who played Judith Myers in the 1978 John Carpenter classic. And um, I actually interviewed her the first week of April, and um, it's just it's so strange that now here we are over two months later, and, and we're finally getting to hear this interview. Um, I feel like she's been on the docket since since January uh, when she agreed to come on the podcast. Wanted to do it towards the middle to end of March because she had some dates and things all, all lined up. And then all of a sudden like the pandemic hit and then, uh, that kind of killed her, um, traveling business. So therefore we were able to link mm, up. Life first... happens, right? Exactly. So we were able to link up first week of, um, of April and we got to spend, uh, almost two hours just chatting and, you know, getting to, to know one another. Um, I want everybody to know, you know, I, I have since got to know Sandy a little bit better and, uh, I think the world of her, I think she's a sweetheart, but when we did this interview, it was kind of cold. You know, we had never spoken at least by phone before we did through, uh, through, uh, Facebook messenger, but it wasn't like with Dan where I had a multi-year friendship with somebody that I could just almost pick up where I left off from a audio standpoint and it wasn't like with with Marianne where I spent a month and a half getting to know her, talking to her on the phone, texting with her, messaging with her, etc. And this long 
I don't want to say courtship because it sounds like we got married and we didn't, but, <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. There wasn't this long process where you were getting to know that person and know what their personality was. So we did this cold um, together and we did it just getting to know each other from a podcast perspective. I tried to ask her things that uh, she hasn't been asked about before so that she could tell us a little bit more about her and for you know, you've listened to the Dan Farron series. You listened to the Marianne series. This one is also, and you also listened to Marianne Singh's uh, episode. But this is much like my previous uh, part ones where you get to know the person behind the character and get to know a little bit more about other things that she's done. Because she, as you heard in this, she's done a lot more than just Halloween. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, when you say that, you know, the, it was a, you know, like a first time and you use the word cold, uh, I'd like to just, you know, put out there right now, uh, that, uh, her warmth as a genuine person, uh, is, you know, comes across, you know, without any kind of hindrance because she very much is a, you know, genuine down to earth person. Uh, she's very much a sweetheart. And uh, thank you, Sandy. Thank you very much, uh, you know, for agreeing to, uh, you know, to do the podcast. And uh, thank you again, brother, for, uh, you know, uh, the invitation and having me sit down to, uh, you know, be part of it with you. You're, you're absolutely welcome. And I just want to throw a, a special thank you out to Rick Ramby, who actually reached out on our behalf to even make this possible to be able to sit down and have the conversation with her. So, and w what I meant by, by a cold interview, wasn't like either of us was cold to one another. You know, we, we had a, we had a blast. It's just what I mean, cold, it's like cold read, you know, you didn't, you didn't, yeah, prep, yeah, you, didn't exactly. prep, you didn't prep anything be beforehand. The only thing I had prepped was the questions and she got the questions when we hit the record button. So that's what I meant about a cold interview, but she was, a sweetheart, totally warm, like you said, and uh, I think people are, are going to enjoy her. And um, for those of you who have got a chance to meet her, um, this this will this will be no surprise to you about how 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 sweet she actually is. Absolutely. But um, do you have anything to say before we get started, or do you just want to cover everything when we come back? Uh, well, you know what, since you mentioned it, and I was going to save it for the end, but Rick, Ricky, baby, you sharpshooter, thank you, son, for hooking us up with Miss Sandy Johnson. I would be an a-hole if I didn't at least mention <laughs> this at all. Um, we talked a lot about our animals, and as this episode is dropping, it'll be exactly one year since Maddie was put oh. out. June 12th is when this is airing and it's been one year. So I'm sorry, man. I yeah. knew it was June. I didn't realize it was to the day though. Yeah. Just going back and replaying all those final days, man. It's just, it, it's been, it's been a tough week, but, um, making all the advancements with the kids this week that, that I have has been, been easier to take, but Friday's going to be hard for sure. Yeah, no doubt. I didn't realize it was going to be actually a year to the day. I knew it was, you know, the the you know the first half of June, but I didn't 
you know, didn't realize it was going to be the exact, you know, that exact day. So, you know what, man, I know it doesn't, you know, our, our experience is our own and I know it doesn't really help at the end of the day, but you know, like, like I've always told you because I had, you know, my very, uh, my very, you know, one dear to my heart pass, uh, last year. And then I couldn't even get out of the end of last year without, uh, you know, losing my, uh, my bumble boy. And that was, you know, that was three all together in one year that is just like, man, you know, three strikes and you're out. I know it doesn't help, but you know, you are in very, very good company. You're definitely not alone in that feeling of, of loss. And, um, you know, all we can hope and pray for is that we're all able to be a family together one day for the rest of our days. Well, that's what we live on is hope. And that is uh, definitely one of my hopes. And, and it happened so fast. That was, I mean, what you can, you can really understand that is, you know, yeah, you can tell that they're slowing down a little bit. You can tell that they're getting a little older, but you know, with her going blind and then deaf and then, uh, losing her marbles and then congestive heart failure. And then, you know, it just, you know, her last year and a half, man, was, you want to talk about quality of life, man. That was not quality of life for her because she was the dog that she was like a little person, man. And it's like, I, I know there's a yeah, lot of, she very much was, she was, man. She had a very distinct and she was still an animal, but she had a very distinct humanly personality about her that is just it and unless you are around her it's really hard to describe um and i'm I'm sure there's other dog owners or animal owners listening to this and say well my animal does too and probably every animal has their own unique uh personality that is unique to them that there'll never be another one you may be able to get another animal but it'll never replace that one that you lost and that's you know to be honest with you jacob and caitlin they they want another dog and i want to be able to give it to them at some point but at this point i just here's here's the hard part just you know you yeah i mean you can look at the passing of maddie only being a year old yeah, it's still raw and in very many ways. It's, that's also not the reason why. It's, you know, we had her since she was eight weeks old. She was 14 and a half, almost 15 when she passed. So there's almost 15 years of your life. And you know at some point you're going to have to do make the hard decision. You know that. That's why you take on the role. And you know that going in. But her last year and a half to two years was hard, man. It was emotionally draining and hard. And it it hurt every single day emotionally watching what was happening and not knowing, especially the last six months, is this going to be what takes her? Is this going to be it? You know, because it was very touch and go the last six months. And then and then to ultimately be the person that has to make that decision and then be with them while they inject that final shot into them to 
to put them away. And you know in your heart, and if I cry, I'm sorry, man, but you know that you're, no, you're the fine. one. You you're the one that had to allow that to happen. Yeah. No, I know no. you can't even help you can't help but feel guilty. Yeah. And that was that was the hardest thing to get over because I had to see her face at the very end. And after she was gone, I had to look at her and see her and know that I couldn't save her. There was nothing I could have done. Yeah. And getting that's the, the worst feeling in the world right there. And getting the news that I got and I had to know for some closure, I had to have the I had to have the uh, vet tell me that morning, tell me that we're making the right decision. You know, we're noticing this. Her belly was feeling very swollen, like she was almost pregnant. And when she was diagnosed with congestive heart failure in 2018, um, you know, we were told, you know, it's one side of her heart. If the other side goes, she's a goner pretty much. And the other side, when she checked her out that morning, just to give us peace of mind, hey, um, remember when I told you that the one side was bad, but the other side, if it ever goes, she's going to go? And I was like, yeah. She's like, well, the other side is failing her. And her stomach, what you're feeling, is her organs starting to fill with blood. So she had a matter of days. So as bad as I felt, and that is the only reason I was able to go through with what I went through. Um, and it was, and that was horrible, but imagine how horrible, how much it would have been if she had to suffer through those few more days. And if I came home and she was laying on the floor dead Yeah. and she had to die alone. Uh, exactly. And she had to die alone. So, yeah, man, it, it, I wasn't meaning to go off on this sidebar, but it was just like, like I said, you know. No, it's I, all right, man. Believe me, my like I said, my shoulder's always there for you to vent, and I mean, I know, you and I are very much of the air, so. Well, you know what, too, though, man, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure I might have the backing of of uh, at least half of our listeners out there when I say when I say this. I understand exactly where you're coming from. You know, believe me, having to lose three, I know. and then Couldn't imagine in that. one year, yeah, and then also, you know, the the loss and the personal, my personal life that I sustained along with yeah. that, you know, in that same time frame as well. I mean, like I said, I I couldn't help but feel like life was out to fucking get me, but you know what? You had you know close to fifty. You and Sarah had close to fifteen years with Maddie. You know, Jacob and Caitlin they didn't have near as long and you know that old saying about how uh you know you better be a part of your child's formative years while they have them because once those years are gone and passed there's no getting them back and i would just believe me i i understand your feelings to a t i really do but at the same time, I would encourage you to, if the, if the kids want another puppy, go for it, man. Let them yeah. do that for them. Because you know what? You don't have to make yourself 100% emotionally available, you know, to you know to a new uh, to a new pet in the household, and that's okay if you don't. But they need it, 
And but this you know is the what, only though? chance in those years, in the, in those formative years, that they're going to have for it. But you know, but you know me though, I don't do anything unless I'm 100% in. You know. No, and, I, I know. But you know what? You by viewing, and and by seeing with your own two eyes. And I mean, I know you. You don't just see with your eyes. You see with your eyes and your heart as well. And maybe, you know, that just might help to heal you a little bit more by seeing, you know, your very own two loved ones interaction with a new pup. Maybe that might help to heal you the rest of the way that you need to be. I totally 100% agree. And I think because I got off on the sidebar, I didn't finish my point. I I do that sometimes. Uh, (laughs) But the, the, the hardest part, there's, there, there's two parts to it. Number one is knowing that at some point you're going to have to make that decision again. And it was bad enough the first time, you know, um, second is bringing a new puppy into the house. I feel like for the first time in seven years, and you know, I know that you'll understand this. Most of our listeners won't, but when you've been dealt the hand and gone through some of the hardships that we've had to go through with Jacob and with Caitlin, I feel like for the first time in seven years, because he's going to be seven in October, for the first time in seven years, things have finally slowed down a little bit to where there isn't drama and constant like mm. stress and okay. pressure. So now bringing a new puppy into the house, what are you going to have to do with that puppy? You're going to have to teach it where to go to the bathroom. Do I want to clean up piss and shit on the floor? Not really. Mm. <laughs> you know, uh, that's why my daughter's potty trained now. And then she was potty trained <laughs> too. I was, I was glad when diapers weren't a thing anymore. At the same time, you're going to have to go and you're going to have to commit to that. Because while I want, while I could easily say, well, Jacob, Caitlin, you wanted this dog. You got to take care of it. I have to come to the realization One's almost seven. One's almost is going to be four. I can't expect them to 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 handle yeah. what right. I, what I know I can do. You know, so it's like that responsibility is going to fall on us a little bit. So it's like I don't know yet. No, you're absolutely right. But on that same note, brother, if you need, uh, I do have a full 100 pack box of puppy training pads. Say the word, and I'll send them your way. Yeah, no problem. Um, <laughs> I'll let you know, but uh, it's gonna have to be more conversation had and uh, more, more thinking everything through. And the other thing is too is, what kind of dog do you get? Because um, you know, I don't want hair all over all over the house. That was the beautiful thing about Maddie. She was a Yorkshire Terrier. Uh, she didn't shed. She was hypoallergenic and. Everything was great. I know that there's other breeds, but as I was looking up other breeds that were those things as well, they had a shorter lifespan, and I'm like, nope, moving on. And it was just right. like, yeah, it was like, I, you know, I don't want to be back there anytime soon. Nope. And I was like, 14 and a half years wasn't long enough, you know. So yeah, yeah, exactly. But anyway, um, let's get back on. I feel like that we've that we sidebarred long <laughs> enough. Yeah, let's uh, circle back around to the main track we were on. All right, on that note, this is Halloween Unleashed, and we'll be back at the very end. Thank you. Ow, son of a bitch. Damn it. Well, that didn't feel, well, that didn't sound too, uh, <laughs> that didn't sound too weighty. 
Well, those are the things that I used to say when I used to shave my nuts with uh, old classic hair clippers. But now I have a pair of new balls and say bye-bye to hairy nuts. Take better care of your balls with Manscaped. The best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Get the tools for your family jewels. If you don't like shaving your balls because you've cut them to hell and back like I did at the beginning of this read, then grab the new Lawnmower 3.0 with proprietary skin-safe technology. Well, what the hell does that mean? Well, it means that you won't nick or snag your nuts. Finally, finally, manscaping accidents are a thing of the past. You can turn your shrieks into multiple peaks. By the way, you shouldn't use the same trimmer that you use on your face that you use on your nuts. First of all, it's nasty. And second, <laughs> it's going to it's going to look like Michael Myers just killed your nuts uh, and like in like he was in one of his movies. It's the appropriate format and tools to be able to crop that bush on exactly. the front side of your tush. Exactly. And you won't hurt yourself with the new crop preserver. It's an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already use deodorant on your pits. Why not use them on the smelliest part of your, of your body? You're nuts. So right now, if you're listening to this ad, head on over to Manscaped, where you can get 20% off plus free shipping with the promo code UNLEASHED at manscaped.com. Your balls and your, and your significant other will thank you. So, once again, use the tools for your family jewels and make shrieks into multiple peaks. Because we're not just advertisers, we're clients. I know I am. <laughs> I gave myself the Marine Corps look last time. Oh, crop top, huh? Yeah, or the exactly. Sergeant Major. Exa- no, no, it was it was definitely the crop top. I, I look like uh, uh, Copeland and Blanks from Police Academy when they went in and got the... Got the head buzzed, you know. I will take your word for it, brother. I'll show you next time we're over. <laughs> I will not be over for a while. <laughs> You're listening to Halloween Unleashed. Today we have a very special guest. Her name is Sandy Johnson. Many people know her as Michael Myers' older sister in the original Halloween. Miss Judith Myers herself. Sandy, how are you today? I'm doing wonderful, Chris. Thank you so much for inviting me to your podcast. Well, it is a joy to have you for sure. Well, thank you. I'm happy to be here. Perfect. So um, in doing my research about you a little bit, um, you know, I was just, uh, you know, I I pull stuff from Wikipedia and from IMDb just to kind of break things down. I know some stuff for for the most part, it's pretty much correct, but on some instances, it it could uh, be incorrect. So that's why you're here, obviously, to to correct me where I'm wrong. <laughs> but uh, you were you were born in San Antonio, Texas, correct? That's correct. Perfect. Tell us a little bit about growing up in San Antonio, besides it being hot. <laughs> well, it was very hot. It. Um... It was fun. There was a lot of things to do for kids, and it was a less scary time, I get, I guess. So we were free to just run around and play hide and seek and wander the neighborhoods until it was dinner time. So that was always fun. 
um, there was of course the Hispanic culture there. So we did like the confetti eggs at Easter and there were some other influences, homemade tamales and, and such that made it a little different than maybe growing up other places. Right. And um, here what I'm reading is, is uh, you also had four, four older sisters, correct? I did, yes. Unfortunately, uh, two of them were smokers and the, that took their lives way too young. But I still do have two older sisters uh, still living that are non-smokers. Well, that's, that's definitely, uh, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. And, um, I've had to battle that myself with a couple family members. So, um, I can definitely understand what you've had to go through. Um, definitely sorry to hear. Thank you. Yes. It, um, they left me way too soon. That's for sure. I loved them both dearly. And that was such a, such an unfortunate thing that they were taken from me because of that. Now, you have a obviously you have a a slew of credits that we're going to we're going to hit um, a lot of highlights from I mean most notably I mean you were known for that little teeny tiny film known known as Halloween but you know we're gonna get there and that's what everybody's <laughs> tuning in for but um, tell me a little bit more about you um, it says that you that you attended Santa Monica Community College uh, where you got your master's and PhD uh, in Texas. Tell us a little bit about that. All right, I did go to Santa Monica College. I was interested in several things, botany and uh, gourmet cooking. And um, what was the other thing I took there? Oh, I took, um, Mime, learning how to be a mime. I thought that was an interesting uh, type of acting. So those were the courses I took there. And that's when I first uh, became interested in attaining a higher education. Now, um, I'm, I'm kind of glad that you brought that up is uh, was was the miming was that was that kind of like your first introduction to acting or is that something that you had expressed interest in growing up and that you had done other things with it i had taken both acting and dancing and choreography in school just high school and middle school so i did have an interest in it um at that point it it wasn't really what i planned on doing with my life but it, it certainly was something that i enjoyed doing for sure um so moving forward, when when did you um, decide that you said, "All right, I, I've I've been bitten by the acting bug. I'm gonna I'm gonna get into this." Because cooking and acting, I mean, while that's a great trait to have, I mean, you went for um, you went to school for a completely different thing, and then all of a sudden, was it something that just drew you a particular way? Or tell us about that. I. Um... I was just doing normal jobs, fast food and all those uh, types of things. And my father became very sick with cancer and needed money to go to Mexico to try a, a drug called Leotrel that there was some hope for. And it was expensive. And since he wasn't working because he was sick, I needed to make some money. So... 
um, that's when I started doing other things that could bring in a little bit more money than fast food. And so acting was, I lived uh, close to Hollywood, so it was a good opportunity to make some additional money. Right, right on. So the bug didn't really hit uh, until after I had um, done some modeling jobs and a couple films, and then I realized that I really did like it. Gotcha. Now, now about the modeling, uh, you know, is that something that uh, that that you said that you sought somebody out, or did someone say, "Hey, you would be great for this"? I mean, walk us through that for those that don't know how that process works. I was. I took a couple of the uh, community modeling courses when I was younger because I was kind of tall and thin, which worked worked well for a model. And so I kind of did that for fun and did some beauty contests and things. And then, um, and then I had, when I was actually trying to make the money, a friend of mine that I was dating said, you know, you really should uh, contact Playboy and see if, if they would be interested because then you would get paid more money that, you know, that you could help with your dad. And so, that's what I did. So it was actually a suggestion from someone else. Well, what a suggestion that was, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. It turned out quite well. Yeah, you you definitely did okay for 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 sure. Um, this next part, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about how you got involved with Playboy. So if you don't want to talk about that, you don't have to. I just since it's on here, I at least want to cover it instead of it being like an elephant in the room, you know, so you can, oh, you can, no, that's you can, fine. okay, great. Um, all right. So, um, after you got into the modeling and, and everything, um, how did you get involved with, with Playboy? Cause you were, you were Playmate of the Year from what I'm reading back in 1974, correct? No, I, I actually wasn't Playmate of the Year. I was Playmate of the Month, Miss June. 1974, my centerfold appeared in the issue that was uh, with Cindy Wood, who was Playmate of the Year. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, see, again, this is why we have you as a guest. Sometimes Wikipedia can be uh, incorrect, so I do appreciate you for correcting that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so moving forward, did, did that start to open up other doors with uh, with with the film industry, I mean, was, was that a, you would think something like having like Playboy on your resume would totally start opening doors for you. Yes, actually it, it did. I was uh, with another agency before that. And then after I was in Playboy, they put me into their agency. And so I, I got a lot of calls uh, through them more than I did before. So yes, it did. It opened up a lot of opportunities for me, not just for modeling, but convention shows and store openings and things like that. Perfect. So um, how did, um, this may seem kind of like a redundant question, but it's like, you know, when you got that, that honor, uh, honor of Playmate of the Month, you had to feel like, hey, you know, this, this thing's really going to start paying off, correct? I mean, that, that had to feel pretty good. It actually, it, it felt really good. I, 
was kind of a low self-esteem teenager and that was a pretty big boost for me actually for my confidence level and um, thinking that there were some possibilities for my life so yeah it was a very good thing for sure um what a lot of people don't understand is you know um people think that they see people that are famous on screen and they just think that they have all this confidence. So it's really, really nice for those out there that do have low self-esteem or maybe are introverted that they could look through your eyes, hearing your story there and hearing that. And it could really absolutely help somebody. So I hope someone out there that's struggling with that, heard that and understand that, Hey, just because you might not think the highest of yourself or have a low self-esteem or you're introverted, whatever the case may be, that you just heard Sandy here. Sandy's had uh, a, a fantastic career and she started off as someone that didn't have the confidence, but then she went on and went pl playmate of the month and look at her now. She's all over the convention circuit, uh, just absolutely meeting fans and shaking hands, kissing babies and everything. Correct. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> so there's <laughs> always hope. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, um, be, before we get into a lot of your credits, tell us a little bit about, um, because I started following your page when uh, you became friends with um, with a friend of mine named Rick Ramby, who made you a mask. And I started following your page from there. And from everything I understand, uh, just watching your pictures and your, 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 your sets, I mean, this is something that you and your husband are really involved in. How did that all get started? Well, it got started because when I was at, I think it was uh, Texas Frightmare Weekend, I had some fans asking me if I had any social media. And I had personal, but I didn't have any professional. And I told them, unfortunately, I didn't. So they said, well, you really should. We would love to follow you between shows. So... Uh, one of the ladies that works with my agent and another friend of hers were kind enough to get me all set up on both Facebook and Instagram. And so then I thought, okay, well, here I am, but what am I going to post? Unlike <laughs> other actresses, I don't have 40 years of things to post. So I realized that the first the first photo shoot that I did was mostly just glamour shots. So I posted those for a while and I thought, well, these are fun, but if I'm going to do this for more than a few months, I need something else. So that's when I decided to maybe do some of the cosplay with the Halloween stuff. And, uh, and that's what came about with, well, well, first I got the 2018 mask. And my husband was going to be Michael for my scenarios, but he couldn't get it over his head. And so I tried cutting it up the back and just everything, but it, it wasn't working. His, his, the eyes of the mask were like on his forehead and there was just no fixing that. So <laughs> when we were in, yeah, it was bad. So when we were in Maryland, uh, one of my fans, uh, big fans, Rick, had said, I'll tell you what, I have a friend, which was Rick Ramby, and he said, I will see if I can get him to make a mask, and, and, he, and I'm sure that it will fit Dan. 
So that's how we ended up getting Rick's mask, which is fabulous. And it fits beautifully. So then uh, Dan was a ha happy camper because now he could be Michael. Sure. So that's why I have two, two Michaels in my scenarios, the 2018 and then the 78. <laughs> right, <laughs> One right. is a friend with a smaller head and then Dan. Well, so that's, that's how all that happened. And so I, just, I decided to start doing the scenario so that I would have something to post. And then it just became a lot of fun. Right on. Um, well, it's it's definitely one of those things where you you took something and absolutely ran with it. Um, now, how did you get um, in touch with Jennifer Page Lee? I, I she makes the tombstones, and obviously, you know, she's famous for making the Judith Myers tombstone. Very talented lady. Um, how how did that come about? Originally, I met Jennifer at one of the cons. I'm thinking maybe New Jersey monster mania but uh, I just fell in love with them I thought they were fabulous I thought she was a wonderful artist so that's kind of where it started and then I when I was going to do the photo shoot I thought you know I'd really like to have one of those for the photo shoot so I went to her the first time I went to her website and there was a note on there that said that there there was like a, I don't know like a three-week wait to order right. one right so I didn't have three weeks so I went ahead and ordered a different one on eBay or someplace it wasn't nearly as nice but they said they could ship right away well then uh, Jennifer found out that I had done that and she said oh no I would have shipped it right away if I had known it was you so uh, what she did was she ended up uh, not only shipping me one right away, but she actually actually gifted it to me, which was super kind. And then I ended up buying one of the full size ones also at a discount. So for the next photo shoot, I had both of hers and uh, they're just awesome. Yeah, she's, she's fabulous. And then we, uh, I had a brainstorm one, one day. I thought, what if we could set this up so that people could get these autographed outside of shows because I know not everyone can go to conventions so now we have it set up that they can order them on either my website or her website and she makes it sends it to me I sign it and then ship it to the customer so it, we've we've worked it out and she's a doll I really love Jennifer yep well backing up here just a little bit um, you said something that was uh, interesting that the person that got you in touch with Rick uh, is Chris Baber and his wife Jennifer, right? Correct. Yeah, really, really nice people. Super nice. Yeah, he's so funny. He uh, he follows my Facebook and he he usually has some very funny comments to say. And I I really enjoyed meeting him at the at the con and meeting his family and his adorable little girl. So, yeah, very nice people. And I so appreciated him giving us the mask. Yeah, yeah. Really, really, really cool people. And, uh, you know, I, I chat with him here and there. And uh, I I definitely think a lot of him as well. Um, so moving, moving on here, um, I'm just going to kind of, I'm going to save Halloween as the main event uh, type part of it. And I'm just going to kind of skim through. Um, after Halloween, well, 
before Halloween, I'm just going to make mention of of a couple films. Um, you know, you did uh, jokes my folks never told me. Um, you played various characters. Anything anything notable in that that you want to share? That that one was a really fun one to do. The uh, the Woolery brothers, who who were the I guess the producers, they were looking for someone with a southern accent. And it was interesting because I was in California and people had always made fun of my accent there because I was from Texas and I definitely had that Southern accent. And so it was, it was just kind of one of those things where the tables turned. I actually ended up getting a role because of the accent. So because they wanted the, uh, the Southern girl, the farm, farmer's daughter to have a Southern accent. So that was interesting that it actually got me the part. That is, that's, you know, that those are things, those are little things that you hear that um, people don't, don't understand. Sometimes it's the right place, right time and just right situation. And it definitely sounds like that for you. Um, you did do another feature film, which we will not talk about. And, you know, I'm just going to move on. Uh, you did past Halloween, you did, Hots, that is H period, O period, T period, S period. Anything notable there? That again was a really fun one. I got to play a um, kind of a bad girl, not a nice girl um, in the terms of not nice to other girls. And we, and it would turn the tables on me. I got dumped over the head with like, dirty dishwater and I got itching powder all over me and, and so it was kind of a two-way street with girls not being nice to each other at the sorority <laughs> so it was actually a lot of fun to make I enjoyed it very nice then uh after that you did uh gas pump girls you played April gas pump girls that was another fun one we were a bunch of girls trying to help save one of their uncle's gas station that was going out of business because a brand new fancy one had opened up across the street. So uh, one of the girls decided if she got all of her girlfriends to dress in sexy outfits and wait on the, on the cars and uh, pump the gas for them, that maybe we could get the business back to her her uncle's gas station. And uh, we were very successful at doing that. (laughs) And so, well, again, that was just a fun kind of silly one to make. Well, I, I run my own marketing business and I can tell you right now, that's the best form of marketing. If you get a bunch of really hot looking girls out there pumping gas and then there's a Texaco across the street, I'm going where the hot girls are. So definitely, definitely good on his part to, <laughs> to get a bunch of girls to do that. Um, if if you had to put your finger on it, I, I mean, I love stories like that. I love movies like that that have just a plot device like that. Why do you think that, I mean, because it's such a simple plot device that you could take my uncle's struggling um, motel against a corporate chain and you could still do that story today. Why do you think that we don't see that more often? Well, hmm, some of it as far as as far as the girls part of it or just just, in general just the actual storyline of hey uh my family business is losing out to a more corporate 
place moving in across the street. Got to save this little family owned and operated business. I'm just thinking like, you know, that, that seemed, that seemed to be a theme back way back when, um, for a lot of movies for every genre. And why do you think that in 2020 where things are, that type of story would be more, um, relatable nowadays, especially with a lot of corporate businesses taken over. Why do you think that there's more movies not made like that with a theme like that to maybe give, I don't know. Um, and I'm just spitballing here, more family owned and operated businesses, more of a glimpse of, Hey, I could save my business if I do, uh, in this case, get a bunch of girls at a gas station to, to save it. I mean, just stories like that are, are, are fun. And I'm just, I'm just curious why producers, why you think why producers don't do things like that anymore. Well, I wish they would. I think, I think as far as the girls part of it, I guess some of the political correctness may get in the way of, of doing some of those types of stories. Right. The, the other, the, there are compared to probably the 70s so many of the small businesses have already lost out to the you know the mega stores and stuff absolutely Uh, so maybe there aren't as many people who actually know people that have small businesses and stuff I mean there's still a lot of them obviously and I I do think that that storyline would play well because there are still a lot of people that could relate to that but so so many different types of businesses I can think of not just regular retail but dairies and just trucking so many things have have been taken over and there just aren't a lot of those little businesses left they've kind of lost that battle absolutely and that's that's kind of where I was going with that I didn't mean to put you on the spot there it was just just like a little sidebar I do that once in a while um, to kind of break up the, the the questions and it's just that just kind of hit me when you were telling me that story. It just it just popped into my head, and I figured I would just try to get your take on it, and I, I definitely appreciate that. <laughs> yes. So um, I'm looking here. Is uh, you're in pre-production in a movie where you're playing, um, it looks like Stephanie, where it's Creeps at the Gym. Can you tell us anything about that? Um, I mean, obviously, if it's in pre-production, there's probably a lot you can't talk about. But what can you talk about? Well, I can tell you that um, hopefully this pandemic is going to go away because it's supposed to shoot in the UK. So if I can't travel there, then obviously I can't do it. But uh, I have had several meetings uh, with the company and it's looking good for doing it. And I'm very excited about it. And I think the storyline will be fun and something that, uh, people would enjoy, especially the horror community. For sure. So that is a little nugget that you gave us. It's a horror film. It is. Oh, there we go. All right. All right. Um, so before we get into the the main event, uh, obviously um, you appear in the 2018 film. I mean, although it's a flashback, were you contacted by anybody to get your permission or is that archival footage that they own? I mean, there's there might be people listening to this that doesn't know how that how that works. And did you have to sign off on it or anything? 
Right. That was kind of interesting because um, Rick Enriquez, my agent who had located me after we were talking and, and I had signed up with him, he asked if it was okay if um, uh, Blumhouse called me. They had, they had something they wanted to ask me. And so I said, sure, that's fine. And that was their question. They wanted to know if they could use that footage because they did not own it. And um, they required my permission. And they had only about a week left before the, the film was actually going to be finished. And so... Um, there goes my phone. It's okay. All right. Welcome back to Halloween Unleashed. And we just wrapped the first 30 minutes uh, with Sandy Johnson. And Aaron, here we are, you know, much like we were with the Marianne Hagen series. You know, we're going to we're going to recap. So go ahead and dive in and give us your thoughts. First things first, brother, uh, please tell me that you like hit her up for her like, you know, gourmet chef. Uh, like you know, childhood recipe tamales, homemade tamales recipe. Please, please. Um, I have not done that. <laughs> oh, my. oh, oh! You left me with nothing but chichis. <laughs> Isn't that Spanish for boobs? <laughs> I don't know, brother. I don't know. I've never walked into chichis and been you know served the the complimentary tortillas and salsa and be like, hey, is your company slogan really, you know, like Mexican for boobs? I haven't asked that, but no, uh, there's a, there's a really, really great, uh, restaurant, uh, chain in, uh, Marion County, specifically Ocala called El Torreo. If anybody's ever up this way, I definitely recommend if you're a fan of, uh, Spanish or Mexican food, stop in at El Torreo. But at the same time, you know, I'm a regular fan of Guy Fieri's uh, dives, uh, excuse me, driver, <laughs> dives and drives. And uh, I'm all the time on the lookout for, you know, original homemade tamale recipes. And when she mentioned tamales, I was like, oh, 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 I'm thinking in my head, Chris, please uh, get that, get that off to the side. You know, it's like we ain't, we ain't got to hear it now. But oh, my goodness gracious, if she's got a tamales recipe. And you still got her number, man. Uh, yeah, do me a favor. And if and if, in the future, if anybody's got, you know, if anybody mentions they've got homemade, uh, you know, Mexican food recipe, I don't care if it's, you know, uh, fajitas, tamales, you, whatever. You know, just do me a favor as a brother and like, hey, would you mind sharing some of that? Because I've got somebody that, uh, you know, that really that really digs that type of you know, that style of food, and uh, they're always looking for, uh, you know, the homemade recipes on that note. Sounds like you're pretty hungry, so I'll make sure that I do that uh, going <laughs> forward. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I want to make sure that I do not forget to mention this. For those of you that are listening uh, that are on Facebook that want to follow Sandy, you can go to facebook.com forward slash the real Sandy Johnson, which is her official uh, well, uh, Facebook page and, um, you can follow her there and everything that she has going on. So, uh, make sure that you, that you hit her up there. 
You know, man, isn't it ironic that no matter who was involved with Halloween, whether it was Miss Sandy Johnson, whether it was uh, JLC, who was you know never fond of the convention scene, uh, it always circles back around to Halloween somehow. And I, I think it's great, you know, uh, I, I really think it's awesome, you know, that, that picture that I saw on uh, the Facebook group the other day of, uh, from, you know, from her, uh, from her profile where, you know, she's sitting across the table, uh, from, from Michael Myers and, you know, she's got the pistol in one hand. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, it, yeah, it's funny. Her and her, her and her husband, Dan do these photo shoots and they, they come up with some amazing ideas and that's how her and Rick actually got linked up is through what you heard in the interview, which was, uh, you know, Chris, Chris Baber, who was our syrup King of the, of, of the Midwest. Um, but yeah, he, he actually hooked Rick up with her and then Rick hooked me up with her. So it, it's just, it's, it's how it all kind of plays out. But, uh, Rick actually made her a mask uh, to use in some of the shoots and, um, her and her husband, man, they're just the coolest people and they, um, they're really interesting folks and they, they really, they really have a good time doing these photo shoots and it's really cool how they're, how they're using different elements to creativity from Halloween to, to do these photo shoots and they'll, they'll, they'll autograph them. They'll, they'll put them out there for people. They'll send them to people, which I think is just really, really awesome. That is really awesome. It really, really is. I mean, she's definitely humble and down to earth and a genuine person. And I mean, uh, you know, you can tell that, you know, her and her husband, they, they have fun with what they're doing. They, you know, they enjoy doing it. And I mean, that translates over into what they do. And it also translates and is picked up by us, the fans. So, I mean, when I saw that, I just, you know, I couldn't help but just, you know, grin from ear to ear. And I thought that's, that's just great. You know, that, 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 that picture still, that's just, that's great. And I loved seeing it. And I'm just so glad that, you know, it's not something that, uh, she's not, uh, she's not a, uh, Hollywood person or Hollywood type person that, you know, likes to try to, you know, squash what she was, you know, her previous film experiences. I mean, that's something that, you know, whether she was involved in, you know, the process to a small or to a great degree, uh, you know, it's something that she has fun with and, that, you know, that she, you know, she, uh, she exalts and, you know, in her spare time and, uh, and has fun with and, you know, and shares that fun with, uh, you know, that with the fans. And I mean, that's great. I mean, that's you, as, as a fan, you, you know, you can't really ask for much more. I agree, and um, just just a lot of the like the different film credits that she had um, back then, and it's just like hearing hearing about um, you know how she grew up, how she was a little bit introverted, and you know how she ended up becoming a playmate of the month, and you know it was in Gas Pump Girls and the movie Hots and different things, so. It's like when you really look at it from and, – and I really wanted to paint that picture when she said it because we live in a – I said at the beginning of the show the Halloween bubble. But as collectors for the most part, a lot of the collectors are pretty introverted as well. And so 
you heard someone that was very introverted growing up and shy and turned that into success and came out of her shell and was able to overcome that. And I thought that that was awesome, you know, and that's a very inspiring story to hear. No, it very much is. I, uh, I was kind of taken aback, uh, when I heard her come out and say that, you know, she was somebody that, you know, had self-esteem issues because, uh, I don't know what the photograph is from. Okay. The, the photograph that I seen with her, uh, with the cowboy hat on, I don't know where it's from. Uh, I don't want to know. Beautiful picture. Beautiful picture. It's, exactly. It's a picture of a beautiful young woman. And yep. that's that, that's all I need to know about it. And she's and, still a beautiful person, too. Of you know, course in, she is. Inside Of course out. she is. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? When I, when, I, when, I see, when I look at that picture, okay, and then I get to hear the actual interview with her where, you know, she had higher education uh, aspirations. You know, like she went to, I mean, like you mentioned, you know, she got a master's and a PhD and she went to college for botany and for gourmet cooking. Hint, hint, tamales. <laughs> you know, it's like that's that I, I, I can't understand why somebody that, you know, as as as, you know, took as beautiful and as photogenic of a photograph as she did. And as somebody who was, uh, you know, uh, had as high a mental aspirations as she did, you know, interest in botany and gourmet cooking and, and so on, that it's like, why would you have self-esteem issues? I mean, I just, that's kind of hard for me to phantom, you know, granted, you know, if I wasn't talking with you right now, I mean, I'm an introvert naturally. So if I wasn't talking with you right now, I'd be, you know, I'd be a little bit enclosed, but at the same time, it's like, you know, uh, you know, she was she was definitely down to earth and she definitely had her heart in the right place. I mean, to come out and hear that, you know, she was just working the normal uh, jobs like uh, like fast food and things of that nature. And the only reason why uh, she looked, she ultimately looked, and at least that's what I gather from it. You know, uh, she she made higher career decisions based on the fact that you know she wanted to try to help her father out who had you know become ill with cancer. Uh, yeah. I mean, what more can you say about, I mean, what more does that decision right there say about somebody? And I mean, uh, honestly, just as a fan, I, I mean, I, I don't know if, I don't know if you, uh, you know, if you didn't want to follow the, you know, the, uh, the topic up with her about it because it may have been, might have been a sore subject or anything like that. But, you know, I yeah. would have been interested to yeah. know if, uh, if her father did benefit at all. Uh, from her, you know, her greater career uh, decisions and aspirations, if maybe, you know, some of those career decisions did lead to, you know, uh, you know, some, you know, some, some longevity there with her father, because I mean, my heart just went out to her when I heard that. And it's just like, you know, God, you, you know, you as a child, and you go and you make the decision for your, you know, career decisions for yourself, you know, trying to, you know, you know, trying to help out, you know, you know, your own, you know, flesh and blood father. It's like that, that says everything about you that you need to know. And I just, you know, I would have liked to have known, although, like I said, I'm, I'm sure it might've, might've been a sore topic with her. And I can understand why you probably didn't touch back on it. You know, but I, yeah. you know, I would have been curious to know if, you know, if, if her father was, you know, 
if if he was able to benefit at all from any of those career decisions that she made. Yeah, it's definitely something I wanted to follow up on, but again, I didn't ever want to put her in a, put her in a place, and I, I think you can appreciate and probably know where I'm coming from with this. I never want any of my guests that ever get a chance to come on the show because we're the lucky ones that get to uh, hear their story, talk to them, whatever the case may be. And they're sharing their time and personal experience with us. Exactly. For don't want them to feel uncomfortable. Absolutely, man. And that's, that's the one thing that I never want anyone to feel coming on this show is that they feel uncomfortable or, wow, that's a waste of time. I'll never do that again. Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, definitely definitely appreciate appreciate her sharing that. But, yeah, I, I to answer your question, I definitely wanted to, to, to follow up on it, but I just I just didn't um, out of respect for her because, like you said, maybe it, maybe it was un, uh, uncomfortable. So tell us some other things that you took away. I know it wasn't real Halloween heavy, but that was kind of the kind of the idea. And um, next week we're going to get into everything Halloween and we're going to have, we had quite a few audience questions that, that were sent in. So there's going to be a lot of Q and a next week. Good deal. I'm glad to hear it. And on that note, I would encourage everybody, especially for the live episode that's coming up with Marianne. uh, I don't, there are no stupid questions. You know, if you're curious about it, if you're wondering about it, Send it in. I mean, or you know, uh, call in. I mean, I don't know how. I'm not sure off the top of my head how we're going to do it right now. But if you're curious about it, if you're wondering about it, there are no stupid questions. You know. Well, there is, and well, I'll just tell you right now. I'm just that, trying to be a little bit more encouraging. That's all. Well, there's, <laughs> yes, we know there's different. There's one question that I think should be off limits, and if we're ever to get Sandy on on a live episode. Um, guys, be tactful. If you're going to call in or you're going to type something in the chat room, understand that she's doing this on her own free time and doing this for all of us. So how about we just put it out there and say, if you're going to be inappropriate, you're going to get kicked and you will not be allowed back. I was getting there, but you know, like don't be that smart ass. And believe me, I know something about being a smart ass, but don't be the smart ass that thinks that they're going to be able to, to, to throw in the underwear joke or, um, you know, what was it like getting half naked on screen and not expect to get kicked the hell out? Because that to, to me, that's disrespectful. You don't know her. And you don't have the right to, to to ask her that. If it's something that she wants to cover, she can do it on her own. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna ask it, and the, which is why it didn't appear in any of the episodes. Because you know what? It's not important. Who cares? It's not important. And at the end of the day, you know what? This is a privilege. You know, uh, you have done like what 98, 99 percent of the legwork to make all this possible. Okay, it's a privilege that all of us that are able to be able to participate in the process at this point, whether it be, you know, what, you know, you know, uh, commentating with you like I'm doing, or whether it be participating in a live show, it's a privilege to be able to do that. So treat it like a privilege, because if you don't treat it like a privilege, if you want to treat it like you're some immature little preteen, 
you're going to get treated like some immature little preteen, and you're not going to be allowed back. Well, I'll just put it like this. If if you do act that way on any of our live episodes with our guests, you'll be just like uh, Judith Byers' boyfriend in last, uh, less than 30 seconds, and you'll be out the door. Oh, burn. <laughs> <laughs> and there will be no calling me tomorrow either. Exactly. So um, anything else that you're walking away with with this episode, or can we work on uh, getting to the end of this and talk a little bit about next week um, and what we're going to talk about? No, you, you know, I, uh, I'm i glad that, you know, you went off on your sidebar and you asked her, the, you know, about the, you know, the, the gas pump girls question about, you know, why you think that, you know, there's not more movie offerings like that. Because, you know, those were, you know, even if, you know, uh, a majority of the cast were bikini clad, okay, all right, those were, you know, they, if it was age appropriate, you know, for the audience, and I mean that's at parents' discretion, okay, those are still family-themed movies with a theme of, of of being able to you know stand up for yourself, of think for yourself, not just go along with the tide uh, themed movies, and uh, those are severely lacking nowadays. And um, I'm glad that you asked her about it. Um, I appreciated her input about it. You know, I have my my uh, my own personal thoughts about it as well. But you know, I do think that it speaks to uh, you know. Uh, a greater, uh, you know, a greater uh, message of present day as to why we don't see those types of movies. And I just, you know, I encourage everyone to seek out the those those types of movies, you know, that have a greater theme, that have a greater theme of, you know, not going along with the tide, of, you know, going against the tide, of being able to think for yourself, of standing up and fighting, of doing what you got to do to take care of your own homestead. Because, you know, what's what's best for, you know, the house next to you doesn't mean that's what's best for your house. And I think that's severely lacking in terms of messaging nowadays across the board. And uh, I appreciate it that you asked that question. Well, you're welcome. And, um, you know, I still feel that way is that, you know, just because we're and I, I always hate this crutch that people use and it, it's with wrestling, it's with products, it's with movies, it's with everything nowadays where they say, well, we just live in a different time and things have changed. Well, why do they have to change? If a story works, a story works. If something works, it works. It doesn't matter what day, day and age that you're in. Maybe you might have to do things a little differently, but the core of it shouldn't change and too many things about the core of movies and wrestling and everything else has changed so much to the point where it's a lot of things are unrecognizable anymore so that's why i i asked that question why don't you think that we get more movies like that or more things like that because i think if a modernized gas pump girls were done today it could still work Absolutely, absolutely. You got you got girls in bikinis. You, you already sold me. <laughs> well, 
that yeah and not to mention the point that you know hey you know it's a it's a feel good story about hey you know we don't have to accept that this is going to be our fate we're actually going to stand up and do something about it and we're going to do everything within our power to uh you know to uh change our stars you know to borrow a line from Heath Ledger and uh you know in his famous movie and uh you know, not accept that this is the way things need to be, you know, but we're going to do what we need to do. And that's why I said I have really appreciated you asking that question because too many people nowadays, I think, are just at the mindset to the, where they just go with the flow. And it's like, hey, you know what? Uh, you should have been raised in, you know, in grade school with critical thinking skills. And you should have been, you know, raised that, hey, this, out of all the countries in the world, this is the country where that offers you actually offers you the opportunity to be able to stand and make and you know make your own destiny. It's not predetermined for you if you're willing to put in the hard work and the effort and the labor to do what you got to do, you know. And especially in today's day, today's day and age of uh, of social media, you know, and all the platforms you have to be able to get yourself out there, you know, everything from you know, uh, GoFundMe and everything else. I mean, I think now more than ever would be a great would be a time for a you know a, a you know another adaption of a of a Gas Girls uh, or you know movie. And um, unfortunately, that's just it's probably not on the docket anywhere. One hundred percent agree with you there. And uh, you know, for everybody out there that's going to say, well, what guests are you going to get on next? Guys, we didn't even know that we were going to get this lucky to get the guests that we had over the last several months, you know. So we can't always bring on guests, but I can promise you we're going to have consistent new topics, new subjects that revolve around Halloween and masks. And we're going to continue working tirelessly to, to line up guests so that we can sprinkle in in between all that stuff. But the way this podcast was formed and and, and founded was um, in the crazy mass, um, Myers mass community that's out there. You know, we wanted to be able to to discuss the pieces, the history of 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 the collecting aspect of it, but we also wanted to uh, do justice and talk about the films, break them down multiple different ways, etc. We just got extremely extremely lucky at the right time going into season two, especially when there was a pandemic about to happen that we didn't know to give you content for a good couple of months and just tune in and not have to worry about that stuff and my point is is just going forward don't expect that there's going to be a new guest of the week because we may not have one for several months we may not have one till next season hell we may not have one ever again but that doesn't mean we're not trying to you know reach out and and you get somebody to come on but that also means at the same time you know don't be shy about uh you know about submitting your thoughts and ideas for you know future podcasts you know, believe me, we value your your input. We value your ideas, and uh, you know we want to do things that uh, you know that you want to hear. You know, talked about and discussed. You know, and at the same time, we also want to be able to do things that we like talking about and feel should be discussed. So, you know, don't be shy about what you uh, you know want to you know talk about and you know send us ideas about. And we won't be shy about you know what we put out there in terms of podcast content. 
Agreed. On that note, we're going to let everybody get out of here. We thank you for joining us, and uh, we will talk to everybody next week. I'm Chris Morgan. That's Aaron Bass, and we are out of time. Thanks for listening to Halloween Unleashed. Be sure to download, rate, and subscribe anywhere you download your podcasts. From Apple, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio. And then join our social media channels at our official Facebook page at facebook.com slash groups slash Halloween Unleashed. On Instagram at Halloween Unleashed. And on Twitter at HWeen Unleashed. Be sure to share our episodes in your horror groups on your timeline and on Instagram. We'll be back next week with an all-new episode of Halloween Unleashed.